Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and a Liverpool fan. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule We Get It podcast. Lindsay Hooper joined by Hayley McQueen this week and we are recording on International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to you. It's so international. The third member of our crew, Kate Borsay, is currently in New York. Yes, that's how international it gets. Uh, we have a nice bit of International Women's Day chocolate each. I'll save her bar. Uh, I'll try. Yeah, we've been sent some chocolates. I say we. You have been sent... So much chocolate, it's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm quite pleased that you are sharing it around. And I'm hoping that by the time Kate listens to this, um, yeah, we will have eaten most of the chocolate, won't we? Yeah, I'm going to try and savour a bar because I know how much she likes it, but it will be a struggle. Um, we're going to have a chat about a few things today, Hayley. Um, all very topical. I'm going to start with accidents and clumsy footballers. I, I just thought this was really funny, the video clip of Mats Hummels getting on the Bayern Munich team bus and he just spills his whole coffee down him. Something that I actually just relate to so much. I'm always spilling coffee. I've done it down a shirt when I've gone for an interview before, had to buy a new top at Waterloo Station. Happens to me all the time. So I felt for him, but it was really funny because Muller was just really laughing at him in the background. I was quite surprised at drinking coffee though. You'd think it would be like a green smoothie or something. Oh God, that would be more of a mess, wouldn't it? Green smoothie all down you, like giant bogeys. Or a protein shake. Yeah, that's what you're expecting them to be drinking. Uh, So we're going to look at more clumsy incidents in football, have a look back over time, what's happened and who probably is hoping that it was dead and buried. But the internet nowadays means that we can find whatever we want. Um, We're also going to talk about the international break that's coming up because um, we've got England in action soon. Gareth Southgate, New England manager, relatively speaking now, but bedded in. Looking at other managers who've not been in the job that long and who to look out for and how they've been getting on. So we'll come to that. And being International Women's Day, we can't ignore it. Uh, That means we're going to pick out a couple of key figures, a couple of key women in football around the world that you may or may not have heard of and what they're doing. Um, It's really interesting uh, stuff as well. Got a couple of really good stories in there. The offside rule, we get it. The female take on football. So Hayley, this is the first time we've had you back on the podcast since you did the whole moving house thing, which is meant to be in the top three most stressful things you can do in your life. Now I get it, you see, because I was like, right, a moving house. I haven't had to sell a house. I was just renting because that's how we roll in London. We can't afford to buy houses down here. So I've moved out to the country. It was a simple move. And my God, it was stressful. I I am still sitting on a mattress in my front room because I don't have a sofa because I wasn't clever enough to pre-order one of those. And it takes six to eight weeks, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, God. The current sofa that I originally had doesn't fit in the front room. So I've sold that on. Uh, The bed doesn't have any bedding upstairs. So I'm in the spare room. And um, it's all just a bit of a mess. I'm I'm living out of boxes. There's no wardrobes. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the house was decorated when I moved in. I've I've done a little bit of painting. um, And I'm not bad at the old DIY. But I I don't know how people who have kids and families and are still holding down full-time jobs manage to move house and still maintain some kind of um, routine in their lives. Because I had four days off work to move house. And this is two and a bit weeks later and I'm still living in a pigsty. 
Well, see, I was hoping to give you a beacon of light, you know, me a year and a bit down the line as to having my flat. You know, I'll be all sorted. I'll show you what it can be like on the other side. But you've just noticed that um, as you came and arrived at my flat today to record this podcast, a carpenter was leaving because I still haven't got wardrobes properly. So it might be going on for a while. Um, and I've just got a flat. I haven't even got a house like you. So it's taken me ages. Yeah, but we don't have footballers' budgets, you see, do we? No. So struggling on. But what does happen with a bit of DIY and moving house is clumsy incidents. Has anything happened yet? Mm, I don't know, but I have been um, Googling IKEA hacks. So you can go and get your furniture and then see how to pimp it up. That's what I've been doing. You can pimp up your furniture. Yeah. Love that. Okay, well, I'm taking that from this week's podcast as a little bit of a tip for, for going and having a look at what that's all about. Um, but we're going to tie that in nicely because DIY accidents, they happen all the time. How about footballers who are clumsy? Um, I said at the top of the podcast about the incident um, with Bayern Munich <laughs> and Matt Hummels pouring coffee down himself. Um, if you haven't seen that video, it is worth a quick look. Um, maybe don't go too much out of your way. You can probably visualise it. Um, but we've got other incidents that happened in football. And some of these, we know some of these people as well. I can just imagine them happening. I'm going to start with Dave Bassett because we know Dave Bassett, don't we? Um, he dropped a, a tub of salad cream on his foot in his home and damaged his foot. And I don't know how long he had out with a damaged foot, but we'll, we'll ask his daughter. You work with his daughter. Oh, yes. Find out the details of that. Yeah, we will. I mean, some of them are just ridiculous, aren't they? And they kind of involve those stories. If you were to ring up training, like my dog eat my homework, that would be a better excuse than, than some of the things that we're, we're seeing here. Looking back into the history books... Um, Kevin Carl, you might not have heard of him, but he was a Kilmarnock striker and he had to call up his boss to say he was in hospital. This was back in 2006 um, because his eight-month-old son kicked a jug of boiling water <gasps> over his crotch. Oh, no. I know. Imagine that. I can imagine you boys are just, um, yeah, gasping with, with horror there. Um, Kieran Dyer, always in trouble, uh, but he damaged his, his eye, his left eye. But that was luckily when he was in training, so they believed it. He collided with a pole. He was out for two weeks. He nearly blinded himself. Yeah, no word of a lie. Um, Petr Cech crashed his car into a bollard. I'm really hoping my mum doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't want her to know this, but um, at Chelsea Football Club last week, I've scraped my paintwork on a bollard. It needs sorting. Um, so I have a bit of empathy there for Petr Cech. And my car won't be as nearly as expensive as his, but I won't have the, the wage packet to put it right like he does either. Just get some tea cut out and hope for the best. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Um, you might not have heard of Sven Grondalen, but he was a Norway defender, right? An international. But the reason I love it is because this is so Norway. He withdrew from an international game in the 70s after colliding with a moose whilst out jogging. <laughs> you can just picture that, can't you? There you go. Alan Mullery, he missed um, a, a tour of South America with England in 1964. He injured his back whilst brushing his teeth. By the way, if you can hear some ringing in the background, that is my mum. She's the only person that rings my house phone. So the fact that she, she hasn't been listening to the recording here, has she? Big Brother's watching, oh, no. listening about my car. Um, it's gone now. Darius Vassell, um, Villa. 
Now, this is another one to do with feet. What is it with feet injuries? I suppose you'd think that footballers will be inclined to have foot injuries on the pitch, but off the pitch, they seem to not be able to get them out of the way either. And apparently Darius Vassell had a blood blister, which he tried to do self-surgery, basically, and got a drill out (laughs) on a blood blister. Um, And it ended up with him in A&E and he had to have the whole nail off. Have you ever had a dark nail? I I had it from playing netball quite a lot and it does look pretty gross, I have to say. Sometimes your nails drop off. Mm, Luckily, it didn't drop off, but both of my big toenails when I bought trainers that weren't the right size... I only went for the half size down thinking I was an in-between size. No, I just have big feet and I have to deal with it and just buy the size sevens. And I started doing a bit more exercise than I normally would running outside in the summer and I got runner's toes and that was disgusting. So exercise, just don't even bother. It ruins your feet. Uh, Although luckily for us girls, we can go and get our nails painted, can't we? And it's just masking over the horror underneath. Um, What about one man who had real trouble with his feet? Uh, David Batty, right? Hard nut. Yeah, Mm. hard as nails. Um, His two-year-old daughter rode over his foot with a tricycle uh, and that put him out of action for a couple of weeks. His two-year-old injured him with a tricycle. That's brilliant. Uh, The foot theme continues. My final one. Um, Now, have we got any short footballers that we can think of that we really don't like right now. I mean, I suppose the Premier League, and he wasn't the tallest fellow, um, wouldn't be that keen. Certainly West Ham fans on Dimitri Payet at the moment. He scored a couple of times for Marseille, by the way. Um, So maybe him. I've seen his posh car as well. He's got a really posh car. Um, Imagine this. So Alan Wright uh, was a defender at Aston Villa, only about five foot four in height, bought a fancy Ferrari. Now, when he was buying it, I imagine that would have been a big chunk of his wages. To, to show that big bad boy off, I'm talking about the car, at five foot four. Wow. And when he went to go and put his foot on the accelerator pedal, he couldn't quite reach and he ended up straining his leg because he couldn't quite reach the pedal. It's just a bit of a tragic end to the story, isn't it? Oh, he didn't crash the car though, thank God. No, he didn't crash it, he didn't. But um, can you imagine Dimitri Pyatt maybe can't quite reach the pedals in his in his new car he's driving around Marseille at the moment that might give some respite to uh, to West Ham fans <laughs> oh poor Pyatt or actually not who cares I am Darren Goff and you're listening believe it or not to three gorgeous women talking about football now football and women I'll leave it with you. Well, the day-to-day that we're recording this podcast is International Women's Day. Have you sent a few tweets out because Kate was sending messages around from New York earlier saying we should? I haven't yet because I've been just being an amazing international woman, just busy, 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 right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking coffee and eating chocolates. Oh, yeah, that's all part of the programme. Yeah, I'll I'll have to get onto it as well a bit later. But um, to everyone who works on the podcast, I will start by saying we have a lot of women who are behind the scenes uh, doing our social media. We have a lot of people who help us with Facebook. We also have people on the website, an editorial team. We have brand new content on OffsideRawPodcast.com every single day as well, new articles. We've got some new articles by some brilliant, talented female writers on there at the moment. So happy International Women's Day to all the Offside rule fraternity we're just one big happy family of girls aren't we we occasionally let the odd boy in we do we let the odd boy in. we don't like to be exclusive but uh, we let the odd boy in we'll we'll say happy international women's day to them as well for putting up with us um but what i would want to now point out is a couple of women in football 
who are inspiring others and that maybe there's stories out there that we're not quite as aware of. Um, and I want to start us with one because this, I wish I could say that this had been my own inspiration to come up with this lady, but I was having a conversation with someone re recently about women in football. Now, have you heard of Chan Young Ting? She sounds like a rapper, Chan Young Ting. She sounds cool. That's a cool name. She's pretty cool. Um, she's actually made massive strides in football and set some new benchmarks for people in the world of coaching. So if you're not aware, and I hope I'm saying her name right, Chan Young Ting is a female coach in the Premier Division in Hong Kong. Oh. Now, if you go back a year, it was last April that she actually guided Easton to the title, the Premier League title. Now, if you're thinking, well, I don't know Hong Kong football, what sort of achievement is that? Well, it was 21 years since they last won the championship, sort of around the sort of ballpark we're talking about Arsene Wenger not winning at Arsenal, aren't we? So, really good <laughs> achievement. I, I nearly broke off there because I thought you were going to have an Arsenal gag. Um, and she's in the Guinness Book of Records as well for being the first woman to win a top flight title in men's professional football. So she's already a trailblazer. That happened last year. Um, and you wonder about how she got her opportunity. There is a real positive to China because the former coach of Eastern went to China in December 2015. So maybe one of the few things that can happen with China now is that we might have more opportunities okay. for women coaches across world football because everyone's going to be going off to China. Um one thing that has happened this year, this season, actually this month, um, she's made a bit more history because Easton became the first club from Hong Kong to pick up a point in the Asian Champions League. And it doesn't end there because hopefully she's also going to close the gender pay gap. If she wins, the owners have given her a massive financial incentive in line with what any male manager would be given as well. Pick up a win, she could pick up a few million quid as well. So I think... Going forward, that's what we want to see, more female coaches in the men's game coming through, doing well. And um, at the moment, the trailblazer is Chan Young Ting. Check her out. Cool. Right, I'm going to tell you about Hayley and Natalie. Mm. Yeah, that's not me and Natalie Sawyer. It's about uh, two trailblazers themselves. Actually, the only two females who have ever done a course in coaching to get their A licence in New Zealand. This is Natalie Lawrence and Hayley Sterling. Um, out there, obviously, their league, um, the A-League, I think it is out there, or they, their own premiership, um, is dominated by men. But they're absolutely loving it on the coaching course. The men are really embracing them. But yeah, so that's pretty cool. So these two women, alongside lots of uh, professional footballers and, and, and other coaches who've been uh, doing so um, in leagues around New Zealand and actually around the world, have made sure they've come back to a country that is uh, giving them what actually probably the Premier League would be giving a lot of uh, female coaches. I read that story a little while ago. Do you remember about the um, female coach who had her, I think she had her UEFA Pro licence and she called up about a job. And they didn't even give her an interview because she was a woman. Yeah. But New Zealand and Haley and Natalie are making sure that actually, if they can do it, it will encourage others in New Zealand and young girls not to potentially leave the country because it's so beautiful. Who the hell would want to leave New Zealand? And if you want to be a coach, you can just stay there and that their um, coaching quarters are, uh, are open to all. Right. Just want to give a bit of a mention. This is to a, a young woman born in 1999. Can oh. you believe it? I know. It's tragic. It makes you feel so old. I'd already finished school and sixth form and was well and truly in university by this point, Linz, getting ready to party like it wasn't 1999 anymore in the millennium.
I was in college and I was going out to Atlantis nightclub in Wolverhampton a few times. Yeah, remember that. Um, 1999. Because I remember just before the millennium as well, singing a lot of Robbie Williams, maybe. Yeah. I celebrated um, with friends. Most of them had the flu. So we ended up having a dinner party in Crook (laughs) near Bishop Auckland in County Durham. Um, and it snowed and we went out after midnight and popped into all the different houses around the streets and there were kids out on sledges it was absolutely brilliant loved it um this young woman wasn't even born then uh, georgia stanway she got a hat trick yes. yeah for the under 19s obviously playing for manchester city right now and she was nominated for bbc young uh, sports person of the year um and she has basically kicked on from there so she didn't just have a good 2016 she's making sure that uh, 2017 after celebrating a birthday in January um is just uh yeah making sure she's getting treble scoring she scored an 83rd minute penalty as well so she's great under pressure so this was uh, England's uh, defeat of Italy ended up 4-0 she got three of the goals this was out in La Manga so she's definitely one to watch I know we quite often do ones to watch don't we in the WSL but I thought I'd give a mention to uh, this young woman here to show all other young girls uh, that they can be just like Georgia Stanway Interesting you say that, actually, Hayley, because you look down England's ranks and there are some exciting, talented players coming through. So not only the European Championships coming up this summer where we can hopefully get excited, not the end to the She Believes Cup that we wanted, um, England finishing in third overall, but they did beat USA on their own patch, which was, which was encouraging. And you see the sort of players that Mark Sampson's selecting and he is going younger, but I still think in maybe five, ten years, that generation coming through, it's going to be very, very exciting times indeed. I'm going to stick with uh, women's football, but go over to the States. And uh, my final one is a mention for Laura Harvey. We have mentioned her on the Offside Rule podcast quite a few times before. She's been out, I think it's nearly five seasons. I think she starts her fifth season this season with uh, Seattle Reign. Um, She was a former Arsenal ladies head coach. She also used to work at Birmingham um, under Marcus Biggott um, when he was there. No, I think he was at Grimsby when he was at Grimsby. Anyway, that's how she started her career. And now now, going into the fifth season, I think the, the most relative news that is current to do with her being a woman and being someone to aspire to is being a coach out in the States. She's actually one of only three managerial survivors. So every year, don't think it's just the Premier League and the Championship where everyone loses their jobs. Managers go all over the world. And that's happened. There's been a lot of reshuffling in the NWSL in the States. But she survived it. And she's also now the league's only female coach. So a lot of eyes on her. What she wants now is more silverware. They've got to a couple of finals, um, but been beaten. The one thing she has bought is she's uh, bought double attendances to games. Um, That's happened. She also signed a contract extension to 2020. And America have taken to her so much and given her the time to develop because I don't think it was the best start to her time at Seattle Reign. But she's now actually even started coaching the US under 23s. Uh, She's been out in Spain this week doing some, some of that. So Laura Harvey as a coach in the women's game, potentially someone who could replace Mark Sampson in the future if he decides that he's had enough. So uh, one to watch. Well, a club that we've been watching actually promoted to La Liga for the first time in their 88-year history, Leganes, on the outskirts of Madrid. OK, they're not quite cutting it in La Liga right now, but they're enjoying their time up there as it stands, currently 16th. But they have a female president, and she is absolutely brilliant. Um, she chats a lot about uh, females in roles at, at, at clubs. Um, she's called Victoria Pavon. She's very glamorous. 
in December 2009, she and her family um, arrived at the club. She became the only female president operating at the third level of Spanish football and has worked the club all the way up to the top. Imagine being president of a club as a female mm. and cutting it and heading to Real Madrid and you're, you're there. And there have been a few stories where she's obviously turned up a club and, and who are you? And she's the president. I mean, how cool would that be to say, I'm the president of this club. Um, I mean, even if you're a man, just to be a president of a club is a pretty cool thing. Um, she said she kind of came about it um, by chance. She said her family become shareholders. One thing led to another. They encouraged me to take on the role of president. Um, and she is absolutely ensconced. Uh, yeah, she said, actually, she's been quite pleased that it was it was a club like Lagana. She said, if, if I started at, say, Real Madrid, that would have probably caused a bit more of a stir. She goes, but we got to where we are gradually in the Spanish third division. There was a little pushback. That's why everything seems so natural to me. She said, women have achieved great things everywhere. They've become queens and presidents of countries, held senior positions in multinational businesses. There are thousands of companies that are more important than a football club. So really, come on, it's no big deal. I'd be almost ashamed to say, look at what we've achieved. This should just be something that is normal at the moment, obviously isn't normal in the world of football, but it should be. Um, she says as well, um, it's been a man's world for so many years and that's not going to change overnight. Hopefully, she says that she will be a trailblazer, but she doesn't want people to hold her up and say, wow, she's the exception. Let's all go and try to be somebody different. She wants to be somebody that they look back and say, yes, she was a trailblazer, but this is going to be something that's pretty normal in the future. And if it means that other clubs might go down the same route, seeing what she has achieved with her club... Then, then why not? There you go. And when that's achieved, we won't even need an International Women's Day because we won't need to flag up these people because it will just be the norm. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and a Liverpool fan. The Offside Rule is sponsored by BetOnBrazil.com. It's the betting site for all sports punters with great odds, markets and offers. Listeners to the podcast can now get up to £60 deposit match when you use the promotion code OFFSIDE. Just visit BetOnBrazil.com and enter promo code OFFSIDE when you deposit and we'll match your deposit up to £60. Also, look out for our daily happy hour offers between 5pm and 6pm. Sign up now at betonbrazil.com. Betonbrazil.com is for over 18s only. Betting should be fun, so please gamble responsibly. And finally, Hayley, to round off this week's podcast, um, we're going to talk about international managers. We've got an international break coming. I know the likes of you and I sort of have a sigh of relief when it's international break because we actually get to catch our breath, don't we? We're always working on Premier League and championship games and things, so it's quite good for us. Uh, are you going to be going to Wembley for any of them? I'm going to have... Some more DIY. Yeah. I'm going to probably have the telly on, catch up with a few games whilst at home, popping a few corks, celebrating the fact I've not even had alcohol in my new house yet. So I think I'll put some football on an international weekend. I've taken it off and I'm just going to put my feet up after doing my DIY and just have a big party at home. It does feel like this is going to be the first time that we watch England and really start assessing Gareth Southgate more, doesn't it? It feels like he's going to come under yeah. the microscope a little bit more with his decisions and choices and selection in this. Um, I do think England are going to give him quite a lot of rope. I, and I think that's justified. I think I think he's made some brave decisions already. I think he's going to make more. Um, I'm really keen to see how they play in these next round of fixtures. But what I wanted to do was look at other managers, a bit like Gareth Southgate, for other nations that are quite new to their managerial posts and how we 
anticipate they might get on or whether we think they're good appointments it might be that they've not had enough time to bed in either but I think just to highlight a couple of managers that really are also trying to earn their stripes Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. When you look at the managers, that the newest managers in charge of national teams, you've got the Finland manager, um, Marco Kanerva. You then have Gareth Southgate, 97 days in the job. After him, the Bulgaria coach, Estonia, Russia, and then you've got Belgium. And I'm just going to turn your attention to the, to the top of the table as far as, you know, managers in charge. And uh, Chris Coleman is right up there as the eighth longest serving manager of a national side. So we, that's something else to be uh, pretty proud of with the home nations as well. Five years and 47 days uh, as it stands. But it's Joachim Love who's been the uh, longest manager serving, um, taking charge of Germany for uh, nearly 11 years now. I'm just going to give a bit of a shout out to um, Roberto Martinez and what he's trying to do with the Belgian national side and bringing in Thierry Henry as well. I think that was a masterstroke. And some say, because Martinez is a young manager himself, that maybe you just go about making sure that you instill kind of um, your own code of conduct and your own managerial style and you don't bring somebody else in. But actually, it was a bit of a masterstroke because a lot of the attention taken off him mm-hmm. because Thierry Henry is Thierry Henry. And the other great thing that he's done is make sure that Thierry, he actually doesn't speak to the media about anything to do with Belgium. He's very much just out there coaching and is an inspiration and obviously somebody for the, the national team to look up to. Uh, but Martinez... Obviously, after uh, being sacked by Everton, um, maybe a bit surprised by his appointment at the Belgian national side, one of the greatest sides currently in Europe at the moment. Um, But I'm glad he's given him a chance because he is much loved. Everybody loves Roberto Martinez. He's a good guy. And he said, you know, there's no right or wrong way to manage. My style is work like an architect who comes up with a building rather than a wrecker who brings it down. And he says that helping build a good team is about the people that you're surrounded by. And he said as soon as he got the job, he knew that he wanted to make sure that Thierry Henry was working uh, alongside him. Um, he says he eats a lot more chocolate biscuits and cakes. He loves traveling across to a uh, Belgian, sees a lot more of his family. And actually, he has a really good balance of his uh, of life at the moment. First game in charge um didn't quite go to plan after succeeding Mark Wilmot um it was back in September they were beaten 2-0 by Spain okay it was Spain but it was at home so he hasn't had the best of uh, results but since then they've done not too badly they beat Estonia 8-1 so that helped and uh, they drew with the Netherlands but that was of course uh, away in Holland and uh, coming up for him we'll be very much uh, hoping that he does well against uh, Greece which I think he will um, in the uh, qualifying games that's live on Sky Sports and then he has the long journey to Russia as well but it's good to see a good guy of football at a club who have given him a chance. There was obviously the defeat to Spain, but his first qualifier, right, against Cyprus, Martinez introduced a 3-4-3. And this was to maximise the talents of Eden Hazard. Now, did he do this because Antonio Conti had done the same thing and it worked so well? No, he did it three weeks before Antonio Conti did it. So whether Hazard has had a word with Conti and said, mate, I'm playing really well for Belgium and Martinez has done this. Potentially not. 
Conte has masterminded where Chelsea are this season. But it's very, very interesting. Um, Martinez was was saying about how his captain is flourishing in, in his role. He said he had a bit more of a difficult time when he had two or three men on him, blocking his left side, he said, but with more freedom, which I've given him, he's harder to counter and can create more. At the moment, he is a pleasure for the eyes. So there you go. Conte uses a right winger and a left back. You've got uh, Victor Moses and Marco, Marcos Alonso as wide players and the opposite for Martinez. So it's quite good to see how tactically these two managers are doing things differently, but actually the same when it comes to, to Hazard. So there you go. Um, I'm going to mention Finland, um, the one that you mentioned right at the top, which was Marco Canerva. And he's the newest of all the, the managers that's in. And I can't really say much about his record at the moment, but the thing that I wanted to flag up is his loyalty to Finland. We look at the English FA and every time in an ideal world, they would love to just appoint the Englishman of all Englishmen, wouldn't they? I mean, we've gone abroad, we've gone foreign, we've tried it. For Finland... This is a, a player. He had about 59 appearances for Finland um, defender. And he's been caretaker manager on a couple of occasions already for Finland's national team. He's been an assistant. He actually was coach for the under-21s in Finland. He basically has Finland running through his veins. If there is a man that's going to put his all into this job, it is going to be Marku Kanerva. It obviously means a lot to him. And so all I'm going to do is flag up for everyone as you're looking out for the next round of results and how everyone gets on in the next international fixtures. Keep an eye on little Finland because I'll be rooting for them. Um, and I'd like a few other people to get behind him as well. It's quite a nice appointment. It is. Thank you very much for listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Um, apologies that it was just uh, Lindsay and myself. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to that international break. As we mentioned, if you're an England fan, you have the prospect of facing Germany away. That's uh, midweek. If you are one of those England fans who goes over there, enjoy the trip. And then uh, Lithuania, which I don't think will be too much of a task for Gareth Southgate. But I do already worry a little bit about the scrutiny on him because he's just, is he just too nice, Lindsay? What do we think? I like nice people to do well, but sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit more. But then he's made, I've already said, he's made some brave decisions. Yeah. He's made decisions about Rooney already. And I think that's encouraging for me. So we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. It will be interesting when we reconvene, which will be hopefully the three of us. Kate will say we'll be back from New York. Uh, thanks very much for listening to this one. And uh, make sure you join us again in a fortnight when we'll be back. Keep an eye on OffsideRulePodcast.com for brand new articles. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already, at OffsideRulePod. And also give us a like on Facebook lots of content going up on there thank you very much for listening we'll be back next time happy international women's day the female take on football sports social podcast network